I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? Hey, Doc, we better back up. We don't have enough roads to get up to 88. Roads? Well, we're going. We don't need roads. Don't kill me, man! I'm not going to kill you. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about me. What are you? I'm Batman. Hello and welcome to what I want to call Western Weekend here on the Screen Kings Pod. I'm your host, T.H. I'm joined by Detective James Gordon and Mr. Miz. I appreciate you gentlemen being here. Seth was indisposed. From what I understand, it could be rather serious. Probably yeah. not, though. <laughs> Probably, Probably not. not. He, I'm, I'm pretty sure, actually, he's just asleep. Yeah. Baden. Regardless, he's in our prayers. Uh, but uh, get ready to saddle up this weekend for a very Western edition of the Screen Kings pod. Gordon, first on the itinerary, I want to talk about the importance of Westerns in cinema overall. Mm-hmm. About Westerns. I mean, it's such a large part of film history. You know, you go back to the 60s and 70s. That's all that was out at the time. Pretty much. Yeah. You, you went to the cinema, you saw either a Western or a Kung Fu movie. And they had a new one out every weekend. Mm-hmm. This was kind of the time before TV was super popular. You know, a lot of people didn't even have TVs in their home at the time. That's what you went and did on a, you know, Friday, Saturday night. You went and seen the cinemas. You went and seen John Wayne, you know, Clint Eastwood, all those guys. They also had a lot of audio dramas and TV shows, too. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, lot, yeah, a lot of radio stuff, mm-hmm. tons of TV shows. I mean, Westerns were, I mean, it was insane. I mean, I would say it was like, Marvel and you know uh superhero movies are today. That was westerns in the late 60s, 70s, you know. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my dad, he 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 loved all that kind of stuff, you know. And I think when you say that, it was like everybody's dad was a big fan of westerns. That's just how it goes. Pretty much. Yep. My dad too. Yeah. They always have a special one. My dad, I think his favorite movie today, still to this day, my dad's favorite movie is. Cowboys versus aliens. I know. <laughs> I, know that didn't I did me. not think that that was the movie that was going to come up. Shawshank Redemption, not a chance. Forrest Gump. Get out of here. It's, it's Cowboys versus aliens. He'll watch it every Daniel day. Daniel Craig. Yeah. Cowboys versus. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. He, he loved that movie. I don't. I wasn't a big fan, but, you know, that's how it goes. But I don't think anybody was a big fan. Yeah, I know it, man. <laughs> but, uh, it did inspire you, you still see i mean even in movies today you still see a lot of like the remnants of that like so many directors you know grew up and that's what they did you know quentin tarantino a lot of people that i mean the uh the evidence in their movies how how they make movies you know the style you know the standoff the 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 camera angles it all comes from a lot of those old western that's where a lot like i said it's almost like like cinema royalty 
You know, and he it's takes heavily, so much. Yeah. Yeah. It's heavily influenced a lot. And a lot of movies play homage to a lot of those Westerns. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie Hail Caesar. Uh, I think, Tom, we watched it together, if I'm not mistaken. We went to the cinema to see that, and we were the only two people in the entire theater. You yeah. That? Yeah. That was a but, fun uh, It reminds me that that movie does a really good job of showing um, how the Westerns kind of shaped more modern cinema because it was showing, you know, that era when Westerns were starting to die out a little bit and they were starting yeah. to get into you know, different types of, of films, big epics and dramas and things like that. Um, yeah. So that was, it was pretty cool to see that like a movie actually kind of play a little bit with the history of, of the Western cinema. So I thought that was a pretty, pretty neat little thing that they did. The Coen brothers it was Coen yeah. brothers did that, right? Yeah. 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 Of course. And they're, of course. they're huge fans of Westerns, Again, obviously. Yeah. So yeah. film in general. Yeah. So it's just, it, it's a, it's something else that goes into that zeitgeist, you know, just the overall the, it's, 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 you know, sold into the fabric of cinema Westerns, you know, and I, I think for a lot of kids, you know, like I said, all of our dads, when they were little boys, they yeah. just love to go outside and shoot and Westerns There's something about, you know, fantasizing about being back in that time when things were so free, you know, there was no, I mean, laws were, were, you know, here and there and it, it was a much more free lifestyle. You get away with so much more, you know, I mean, the, the land was, you could do whatever you want. You could be whatever you wanted back in those times. And I think that's really romantic, especially to a lot of kids that grew up in the sixties and seventies. But uh, why, do, why do you think there was what the Westerns died off for, for a long period of time? You, you get into the, to the late seventies, early eighties, and things were just changing more. You know, the culture was changing. Music was changing, you know. Uh, so America was changing. Yeah, yeah. A lot of, you know, we were in the future. You know, everything was, everything needed to be modern. I think they just fell out of style. Yeah. I think that's just how it goes. It's just a fad that was there, and then it, and then eventually it was gone. Like, I think eventually, I don't know when it's going to happen, but with superheroes and, you know, that kind of stuff, DC and Marvel, like I said, I don't know when it's going to happen, but I imagine that fad's going to fade like all the fads of the past. Definitely. Western, Definitely. Western. Well, yeah. I mean, there. how many Western stories were not told that were already told? I mean, you really they told have... so many. It's, it's probably hard to think of a few, just how much, you know, saturation of the market it was. Yeah. Where could they go? What could yeah, they no, that's, that's true. That's true. We'll get there eventually. DC still got a lot of stuff they could do. Yeah, and I and I think kind of to touch on the point that you were making earlier about uh, why westerns were dying out is, I think with the evolution of cinema, the evolution of of uh, acting, like you know, a long time ago, there was acting, but not really, you know, yeah. really it wasn't an art style at that point. Yeah. I think so. Tough ass dudes that could beat your ass, pretty much. Just you know, yeah. yeah. And uh, I think as as acting kind of became more of an art form, I think that's when it started to evolve away from that. And of course, the development of of new cameras, uh, new special effects, you know, when computers started to to come into play with a lot of this stuff, uh, especially. Yeah. But, you know, I think that uh, that was just kind of the natural evolution. I think you're right yeah. with yeah. with superhero films. I think that that's something that 
we'll we'll look back on you know kind of like we look back on westerns now yeah um and, and we'll also, still get some sprinkled in there they were so easy to make you think about la back in the day when you don't want to do a whole bunch of special effects los angeles is in the middle of a desert yep you know you want to make a cowboy show i mean drive out you yeah. know in the middle of the desert and make one yep get some costumes some props and you're good to go you know yeah it's super cheap to make those movies super, super cheap, cheap. Yeah, no, no special effects. So there you go. But uh, I did want to move on, gentlemen, to some of our favorite Westerns. Gordon, you said you had quite a list. Why don't you hit us with one? I did. Um, and I'll go ahead and preface this all by saying that I'm honestly not that big of a fan of classic Western movies. I find them very boring. I, you know, I'm really more attracted to like good acting, you know, good action scenes. So a lot of the older ones I didn't really care for, but luckily there are a lot of modern Westerns out there that um, are very, very good movies. Yeah. Um, So first one on my list here is actually going to be a little bit more of a hipster film. It is called Dead Man uh, with, uh, with Johnny Depp. Um, it is a very, very good movie. Um, it has a really, really good soundtrack to it, but it's actually, I think it was, it was originally shot in 1995. Um, but it was shot in black and white. So it kind of had kind of this old gritty look to it and feel to it, but it's a pretty dark movie and it's, it's, it is a, it is a Western. So I thought it was a, a pretty unique film. Um, Obviously, this one I'm sure is going to be on somebody's list as well. Uh, True Grit, um, and I'm talking the the newest uh, iteration of that movie um, with Jeff Bridges, and Matt Damon. That's that's a masterpiece. Like I could watch that movie every single day and still be entertained easily through the whole thing. It's slow, but it's a really good slow burner burner of a movie. And that's uh, what a western's supposed to be, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, good plot, good story. You know, it had some funny things in there. It had some pretty brutal Western things going on in there. Um, It was a really good film. Uh, One of my other favorites is actually uh, the Russell Crowe 310 to Yuma. Okay. Um, I had that on my list, yep. Yeah, that's a fantastic film. Really, really good. Great story, great acting in it. Watching Russell Crowe be the bad guy of a film was kind of strange, but he does it really well. He, I think he could pull that off a lot more often if they gave him roles like that. Um, but I've never uh, seen that one. It, oh man, it's it is very very good. They um, they do a really good job of making all the characters, even the bad guy, um, pretty relatable. Like he has a lot of relatable qualities to him that. You know, yeah. you think here and there, you're like, oh, he's not that bad of a guy. And then he just brutally murders somebody. Right. So it is kind of a, a nice little variation, a juxtaposition. Um, yeah. One of my one of my newer favorite modern Westerns was Hell or High Water. Um, I thought that movie was fantastic with uh, that Chris, Mason? No, that's Chris Pine. And uh, yeah, what is that? <laughs> uh, man, I forget the uh, the other dude's name. What's he in? Tommy Tommy uh, Lee Jones is in it though. Okay, but uh, it, it's a modern western. Um, they're uh, pulling off bank heists, and uh, Tommy Lee Jones and his his <laughs> his sheriff Indian sidekick um, 
are trying to track them down um, as they're going from bank to bank. Um, but it's it's a really good film. I think it takes place in like the 80s or 90s, I think. I think that's the, the time frame of it happening. But uh, fantastic movie. Um, there's another one out there that I thought was a great Western, a little bit less of a traditional Western, but uh, Wind River with uh, Jeremy Renner. Um, he plays like a sniper in it, but some really, really good fight, like um, some gun scenes, some fighting scenes in that movie that were fantastic. Um, it takes place in Alaska instead of your standard Western setting, but it is a Western without a doubt. It is, it follows everything that a traditional Western would do. Um, great movie. Now this one, Tom, I think we've already talked about this before when we did a review of this movie, but I think that Logan is a pretty yeah. damn good Western movie as well. I had that on my list. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I thought, cause I, I remember when we were talking after we watched that movie, we were discussing how it's not really a superhero movie for the most no. part. It's, yeah. it's a Western and it's, it's more of that than anything. I think in, in structure for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a, and you could tell that's what the director was going for and all the allusions to the old Western Shane and Logan, you know, kind of uh, um, a modern day version, if you will. Right. You know, this old gunslinger that's at the yeah. end of his rope kind of thing, you know, that's pretty much what they frame him as in that film. So, yeah, very much like that. Uh, one of my favorite movies, not only just favorite Westerns, but favorite movies of all time um, is the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Mm -hmm. uh, Casey Affleck, Jeremy Renner's in that. Uh, you've got a ton of big names in that film. Uh, right. Brad Pitt, obviously. Bradley Pitts. Um, fantastic movie. It's a slow burner, too, but... It is slow, yeah. Holy shit, that's a good movie. Great acting in that film. Yeah. But that 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 story always interested me anyway, so it was that was kind of one of my favorite Western tales, is the actual assassination of Jesse James. And it does a really good job of actually keeping things pretty um, true to the actual story with a couple things here or there that they kind of added in for, right. for the sake of movies. Um, all right. Last two I have here, uh, slow West. I don't know if you guys ever heard of that film. It mm. actually stars Michael Fassbender um, as the, the lead role, but uh, it's, it is a Western um, and it's a, it's a pretty good movie. It's a little bit slower too. Um, but, uh, pretty interesting. Uh, if you want something that's going to be a little bit different, I, yeah. I would highly recommend it. Um, and of course, one of my other Westerns and also one of my other favorite movies of all time is no country for old men. Um, that is a fantastic Western film. There was a long time ago, me and crazy Charlie got in an argument over a game we were playing and he claimed it was a Western and I claimed it wasn't, but <laughs> I think that was only because I just wanted him to be wrong. Right. Yeah, back, that is definitely a great Western film. Absolutely. Um, a lot of the themes, a lot of the way it's shot. Setting, everything about it is, is, a, is a Western. And it's, it's not only a fantastic Western, but just like an amazing movie. Like yeah. One of the best. I mean, just crazy good. <laughs> so, but that's my list. Um, those are some of my favorites. Like I said, you're not going to see any old classics in there on my list. Cause I, I just don't like those types of movies. They're, they're not for me, 
But uh, like Pretty I said, much. luckily they still make westerns today, so they're still yeah. available. If you want something, have any of y'all seen uh, Bone Tomahawk? Heard of it? No, but I've never seen it. I've never seen that either. It was on on Voodoo for five bucks today, and almost bought it. It sounded interesting. It it's Kurt Russell, and the premise was something like he's in this little western town, and these cannibals are coming out of like this cave and and dragging people off and eating them. And he's got to stop it. That oh. just sounded insane to me. I okay. might have to check that out. Yeah, that does actually sound like a pretty interesting plot. That was done back in like the 90s, right? No, I'm pretty sure. I think within the last five, six years, 2016, no 2015. Okay. I mean, I, I've seen it on I've seen it on uh, some of the streaming sites before. Yeah. But, uh, I never stopped to look at it. But it sounds like, I mean, Kurt Russell, it sounds like a, a 90s movie all day long. It does sound like one, no yeah. doubt about it. Um, uh, Miz, do you want to get into your list? Sure. So I knew uh, Hunter wasn't going to touch anything beyond 1990, so I thought I'd right. that. Good, good. <laughs> so uh, one of the first Westerns that I've ever saw, I saw because my dad was such a big fan of Westerns, I saw The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Okay, classic. So that's a classic, and that's kind of my introduction to westerns. Seeing that, I watched full of dollar. Week. Is that Clint Eastwood yes. as well? Yes, that's what I thought. So, blonde man. So what the older films? Because I know Hunter doesn't like the kind of the, the way the older films are. The the thing that the older films do really well, I think. Number one, I think the the casting of the side characters, I think, is really good. I mean, when you're watching those yeah. lectures, you really do think. You're, I could see that person, you know, in yeah. the Wild West. And I also think the orchestration and the soundtracks to the older movies, I mean, they they still like a doo -doo 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 -doo. They're, yeah. they're still everybody knows what that's from. Great classic musicians worked on all of that stuff. So those Classically old westerns. Trained. Absolutely. Yeah. So those orchestrations, some of those Western songs, you still yeah. hear them today. And they're, yeah. this is good. Timeless. I actually, I actually do completely agree with you on that. Um, those two points, the the soundtrack and, and the casting. Um, I noticed that when we were watching the Outlaw. Yeah. Lucy Wells um, casting, and that was fantastic. I yeah. thought All the little small minor characters, you're like, well, yeah. that's a really good. So that's what I think the older films have going for it. I think what the newer films have going for them is obviously the direction, how it's grown, the cuts yeah. and the editing, and obviously the look, the quality of the film. Obviously, you know, but if you were to give that kind of technology maybe to the older films, the stories. So yeah. I, I like kind of the pacing of the old Westerns. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. I, I actually, you know, I like a, a story that takes a while to unwind. I can sit yeah. through that. I'm okay. Yeah, because you, you need to for the good and the bad and the ugly because it is three hours long. Yeah, and it probably doesn't <laughs> need to be three hours long, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, just a lot of very slow, methodic. Yes, you know, they take uh, their time. The actors, everybody, you got to pull out the chair. You got to sit down. You got to light your cigarette up. They got to look each other back and forth. Yeah, you know, draw a lot of tension, and then. You know, no that's the key. You, yeah. There's a lot of tension building in a lot build, of scenes. build, build. I mean, just the first scene and the good and the bad and the ugly, you know, with the Lee Van Cleef and that guy he's across the table with. It's almost like I said, you can see uh, some of Star Wars in that scene. I don't yes. want to spoil anything, but you can see again, old directors like Lucas and Spielberg. I mean, they, they, live, they live for that stuff, you know, yes. they live for that stuff. I'm pretty sure it was 1967. 
they grew up on those old cereals too of all the westerns and you know cliffhangers all that kind of stuff but yeah so yeah continue on what you list so obviously those are the classics the good the bad the ugly the fistful of dollars and then yeah. kind of moving closer to modern times i really and i don't, I don't know how other people feel about it i really did enjoy tombstone but with Kurt Russell and everybody else. I like those ensembles. I thought everybody in that movie did really well. Uh, just, you know, the story. I enjoyed that. I did want to talk about Tombstone. It's a pretty divisive one, isn't it? Yes. Uh, so, not. I wouldn't say for I think most, some people hate it. Most people, yeah. Well, know, there's always an argument hate. between, like, Tombstone and another movie is, like, the... The one with Kevin Costner. Yeah. They came out at the same time, sort of. Which, which one's the one with Kevin Costner? I can't remember. Not, we're not talking about Dances with Wolves, are we? No. Okay. No, there was another one. I think they were. I know what you're talking about. I can't remember the name of it, though. Yeah, they were telling actually, I think maybe the same story. Right. And Kevin, and Kevin Costner, I enjoyed that one, too. Oh, it, was it Wyatt Earp? That, maybe that's just uh, Wyatt Earp. Yeah. yeah I, I think it was Wyatt Earp. There was yeah. another movie that everybody compares Tombstone to as like the top of all time. And I can't remember what it is. Unforgiven? It may be. I know that's always up there is like the number one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tombstone for me. Maybe it's the time I watched it. It was one of those movies. Gabe, Gabe, he loves that film. That is one of his (laughs) favorites of all time. And so I just had, he let me borrow it and I sat through it. I had to watch it. And I I don't know, maybe it was just, I was wanting to be that contrarian that I am. But I just, I just thought it was cheesy, and I just, I, I could not watch it again. I, don't I think that's know. more the influence of the '90s style yeah. of movies, how exactly. they took it to the western, and that's what people didn't like about it. But it's yeah. very quotable. I mean, there were some great lines right. out of that movie that people liked, and I completely understand why you, you feel the way that you would feel because it could very easily come off <laughs> as cheesy. So I'm yeah. not even, uh, I, I'm not going to mention the ones I, I had. Some Hunter and I had some of the same movies, but I also like the new version of the Magnificent Seven with uh, Denzel Washington and Chris That's Pratt. And Pratt. Yeah, I actually did enjoy that. I thought they I, did a pretty fair kind of honoring the old one. And I thought they, the characters and the actors, I thought they, they pulled it off. I thought Chris Pratt especially was really good as a cowboy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the only ones y'all didn't name that I had on my list was, first one was, uh, I said Django. Would you classify that as Western? Definitely, yeah. Django Unchained, that's a Western. Yeah. Yeah, just I mean, I love that movie. Just all the way. I mean, Tarantino just keeps you entertained. Oh yeah, the whole thing. There's always something very interesting happening. You know, it's shot well. The colors, the characters are wacky, and you know, a lot of tension being built in that. And you know, you got you got your hero at the end of the day. You know, your gunslinger. You know, you part that. I always thought that was a great movie. Yeah, fantastic film. And for you guys, does it spoil it at all for you when you're watching some kind of period piece or historical movie and they're using modern day profanity in it? That never breaks kind of the doesn't spoil it for you? It, it, de- it, it depends. To- yeah. <laughs> so with uh with Django, for example, Tarantino is just known for being a little outside of the box, you know. I think that he does do a decent job of sticking to the periods that he's in, but at the same time, like he'll throw some wacky shit in there just because that's who he is. So when it comes to his movies, it doesn't bother me. No. And and you know, it doesn't bother him. I think he shoots his films as 
he's not thinking always what's the audience going to want to see he's thinking what do i want to see right that's pretty much it yeah very much in django yeah so just that type of storytelling yeah the the only other one i had besides that was the unforgiven which i think oh i mean the unforgiven i mean it transcends westerns you know it was kind of almost like a culmination you know it's clint eastwood as you know a gunslinger at the end of you know his days you know he's past his prime he's he's run down and i mean just the, the story the time it was made it was just you know lightning in a bottle almost you know like i said transcends westerns to be one of the best films of all time not just you know stay in its genre i would yeah. definitely recommend anybody see that i mean just the the history behind it the story it tells the actors that are in it you know it, it's the complete package as, as far as i go for westerns definitely check yeah. out the unforgiven if you haven't seen it it's funny uh clint eastwood is basically i was thinking about it he's just typecast as the guy that's like always a little bit beyond his prime coming back to help out with something whether it's million dollar baby or the unforgiven or grand torino like you name it like half the time he's just a guy that's beyond his prime helping out somebody younger for something he's got another new movie coming out that's the exact same thing they're pulling him out of retirement of being like a uh, like a bounty hunter slash DEA agent or some shit. I don't know, but like he's going to rescue some girl in Mexico or some shit. Like it's the same thing for him, but he plays that role really well. So yeah. I mean, well, wow. he's been, he's been old and past his prime for three he's decades. 90, he's 91. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even, even in the seventies, he looked like, yeah. Even old. Then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Almost. I was, you know, like you said, I was watching, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, good, badly, ugly. The other day, I'm like, my mother was born like five years before this movie was made, and he looks old. He yeah, looks really, really old, right yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's just one of those guys that, like, in high school, he looked like he was forty. You know? Yeah. He yeah. just always just, looked old. It's just that scowl that he has. It makes him look yeah. older. I think. And he's just stubborn. Right. He just don't want to move on. He's right. gonna keep. He's gonna keep working no matter who tells him any different. It's just the kind of guy he is on the inside you know yeah. i did get a message here from seth i saw he that said, as well he is says he okay? that he just woke up yep do we send that. him an invite or do we care i sent him an invite if he wants to join he has it oh, well what's he waiting for let's see let's see another invite i don't know he might have just ignored it he's probably getting something to eat or something <laughs> scratching his ass but uh what about more modern uh, within the last couple of years? I'm talking about Red Dead Redemption 2. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, would you say it was a revitalization for the genre? I would say so. I mean, you're not seeing a lot of that out there right now. So it's doesn't really have a lot of competition, but yeah, I think it is revitalization to to a certain extent kind of made everybody fall in love with the old West again. But um, that game was a little bit more unique in the sense of that was occurring at the end of the gunslinger era when those guys were starting to die out and people were kind of, yeah, where the story was more civilized. So did you ever play that one, Miz? I played the first one. Just the first one. You never played the newer one. No, 
Yeah, the first one was pretty great too. Mm-hmm. First but, one's a masterpiece. Second one, same. I mean, minus the uh, the area where you go to that island for like a while. I don't remember what it was. You didn't like that part? I mean, it's not that long. You run. It's not it. long, but it's pointless. Like, why? Why do you go to that island? You don't the need. The most to. annoying thing for me for that island was there's collectibles that if you miss them, you're not you getting can't them. Go back. And yeah. So you, if you spend a bunch of time trying to collect everything to get an achievement, you're out of luck. You're just gonna have to go play it again. Yeah, you gotta replay it. Yep. But I just got done replaying it about two, three months ago. And I mean, it's just, it's almost hard to describe just how good it really is. Mm-hmm. Just tell you some, tell, some of my favorite things about that not were not just like the story and the characters and all that, which were amazing, but like just kind of wandering around the map and finding all this weird cool stuff like there's one part where you walk into this house and then like a a green like light lights up the sky and it's like an alien ship like a little easter egg for an alien ship yeah the the exploration element to it which is great in any game Mm -hmm. you know that's that's what you want that's what a lot of games don't have that's why i can't stand a lot of those on rails you know, I I, I do like the Uncharted games, but man, it's just like you, you really want that element of exploration in your game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they tried to do that. So big. Yeah, they, they tried to do that in the newer Uncharted game, um, make it a little bit more open, like semi-open world almost is what they call it. But it's not like one of those things where you can explore around and find cool little things here or there. Like, it's just there for show more than anything. So. Yeah. There's a feeling you get when you think, what could be around that next corner? Is it going to be something that kills me? Is it going to be right. a, an exclusive weapon that I'm, I can't find anywhere else? Is it going to be a band of raiders and I'm going to get a bunch of loot? You mm-hmm. know, a new hat, whatever it is. It's, it, it's that element that really kicks up a game to, you know, the next point. Which that, That's one thing that games like Cyberpunk, unfortunately, didn't have for me. You know, it's just that's that's what killed that whole game for me because it is so big and open but there's nothing to find and nope. when you're playing red dead redemption 2 you do have that sense yeah that sense of of ex you know being an explorer finding stuff out you know going up against the danger yeah that's you you want to have an open world game that actually has a pretty lived in and, and lively open world you don't want it to be too bare um because kind of like what i was talking about earlier with um uh, when we were talking about Ghost of Tsushima, like it's a pretty big open world, but there's a decent amount of things to find out there in that open world. Another one, yeah. You know, the only thing in that game we spent too much time riding the horse from place to place. <laughs> it's it's a big map, yeah. It's not a small map by any means. So yeah, no, but I don't think it does it quite as well as Red Dead Two. No, no, it definitely doesn't. Uh huh. But man, it's yeah. it's beautiful to look at. At least while you're riding from place to place, you're not. You're not just kind of, you know, zoning out. You're you're taking in all the scenery and panning the camera and all that kind of cool stuff. But sure. the read... first sixteen hours. Then after right. that, I just want to get to where I'm going. Right. <laughs> red Dead's the same way because I don't think there's a fast travel mechanic. So uh, for a lot of the game, I'll tell you what I did. I would, you know, put on a podcast or something, and you know how, like, when you're on the road. And you get to galloping, and you hold down the button. Yeah, you don't like, have to like aim where you're going. 
You just yeah, follow the so path. I, yeah. So I would do that and then I would just like hold down the button and then I'd just have the other hand. I'd be on my phone or something or listening to stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. There should definitely be a fast travel mechanic in that game. That's yes. the only that's the only negative I can give it. Because after you might a while it later on in the game. I thought I thought at some point you could kind of do like a fat like, like if you, uh you get you like, go to a train station, right? Yeah, you gotta go to a train station, and a lot of the times the train stations are just as far away as wherever your objective is. So yeah, if you're like in the middle of time yeah. galloping all the way there, right? Yeah, that's what yeah, it only like. works if you're in like a, a major town or city. Yeah, yeah. And then eventually you get one where it's in it starts in your camp, but a lot of time you don't start in your camp, you're way off the fuck somewhere else. So you either gotta go to your camp. And then go there. Wherever you go, you're doing a lot of galloping. It takes a lot of time. Yeah, I remember that, but I remember it didn't ever bother me because I enjoyed like finding all that stuff around the map and the scenery. Because it was man, it was a gorgeous game when it came out. It, I was, was blown away. It was, and that is good for about sixty hours. Mm-hmm. Then yeah. you just want to get to where you're going. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, I'd look up. And I'd be in the middle of a damn gun battle and people surround me. I'm like, oh, shit. And then I get killed and then I got to start back over. Yep. <laughs> That's just how it worked out. But so that I mean, that would be the only negative I could give that game, everything else. And, and in a way, that is a positive because you should want to, you know, explore and go around. But, you know, either 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 way you do it, you know, there's going to be people on either side and you're going to have times where you like it and times you don't. You know what I mean? That's just how that game is. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was funny. I was listening to one of our old pods and we were talking about Red Dead, the first one, how great it was. And just talking a little bit about how it's going to be a prequel and you're probably not going to be John. And we were kind of like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to like that. I don't know if that's going to be a great thing. And then it was just so funny how now almost everybody's at the point where it's like, man, I got to be John. Yeah, I just want to play as Arthur. He's Arthur's the better character. He is. Yeah, Yeah, everybody loves Arthur. He's just he just personifies that old West. John, he's too he's too nice. He's too uh, agreeable. You know what I mean? Yeah, you want a hard hard ass. You know, to be your cowboy protagonist, right? And he was he was more of a kind of a Ponzi than anything, you know, he was just easily manipulated. Like, especially when you play the, the yeah, a little bit of a dope. Yeah. He, he's not the smartest guy. He's just one of the gang members. Whereas Arthur's a little bit more of the go-to guy, not exactly the leader like Dutch, but the one still, that everybody leans on. Yeah. He's the second in command. The guy that everybody goes to for it's anything shit done. Right. Exactly. Which is yeah. every grand theft auto, you know, rockstar game. You're, you're the guy that gets things done, but right. Still, Arthur is the better character. I think he's he's the more fun character, the better story arc, character arc. Um, you know, more relatable. I think. Yeah, yeah, can't say much bad about that game. Definitely, uh, I don't want to spoil anything. But the control scheme played RDR two. What the fuck are you doing? You got to get it tomorrow. I think, like I said, for me, for me. It's the best game on the market right now, and it still holds up as as the bar to meet. I thought Cyberpunk may get there. Didn't pull it off. Didn't pull it off. RDR2 is still the king as far as looks, graphics, gameplay, all the above. It's the big dog right now. Hopefully something comes and knocks it off its throne soon, but it's not looking like it's any, you know, 
Yeah. When I seen the mm-hmm. docket coming out, I don't think it has much competition still for at least another couple of years. So, are you talking in terms of just overall game, or are you talking in terms yeah, of graphics, uh, just story, everything, like mechanics, mechanics that are you know, like I said, you know, when you fire your gun in the air, you know, you just see all these little movements. You see people, the general reactions of people so far away. You know how horses will kick. You know a. You know, horses will just poop right in front of you. You know, just those little things, and there's mm-hmm. so many of them everywhere. Where, in like, say, a game like Cyberpunk, the mechanics are like not even as good as some games on PS2. You know, you fire in the air, a bunch of cops spawn behind you, try to shoot you. It's just ridiculous. Bad. Yeah. It's you really want bad. that full experience. You want all those little things. You yeah. want the graphics. You want you the want all balls. these interesting small mechanics. You know yeah. what I mean? Watching and, your horses nutsack shrink up as you go into cold environments yeah yeah i mean it's just they didn't stuff have like to that. add that right but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they did stuff you're not asking for you know you want you want to feel like it's a lived-in experience you want to you want to feel there you know you want to be immersed i would and- say that 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 game has the most lived-in environments i've ever played in a video game yeah i don't think i've come across a single one that even remotely came close to having a game that felt so lived in every person, every town, everything mm-hmm. just felt like it meant to be there. Yeah. It had, it had purpose and meaning and you could do, you could interact with it as, as a player. Oh yeah. Everything's interactable in that game. Yeah. And that, like I said, that's the thing about cyberpunk is, is nothing is interactive. You see the, the this big city and there's literally nothing you can do. There's yeah. nothing. Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous. It was such a letdown. I'm still I'm still crying about that. I know. <laughs> but uh gentlemen, do you want to move on to mailbag? Yeah. We got some entries this week. Are y'all ready? Yes. Let's, Let's hear them. Okay, this uh entry came in about a day after our last podcast. It's from uh a person by the name of Dill Pickles. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Question, does Seth know anything about anything? Asking for a friend. He does have a cute voice, though. <laughs> I can answer that definitively. No, Seth does not know jack shit about anything. Yeah. Okay? Bottom line. If he was here, he'd probably tell you himself. And uh, we also got a uh, an email from a well-hung. <laughs> okay. I see you laughing over there, Miz. Maybe you might know this person. Uh, no, I'm just uh, our fans. <laughs> he <laughs> says, got a lot of personality. Yeah, he definitely does. He says, yo, nerds, like the games, but those independent films were disturbing. I can agree with that. I can agree with that 100%. Gordon. Mm-hmm. Come on, my man. I agree. Yeah. Not saying they aren't. <laughs> and then we had one more. Uh letter come into the mailbag from a Henry Allen. It says y'all ever shut the fuck up. Damn y'all annoying. (laughs) Keep it up. Lots of spelling errors, lots of typos. Okay. Not much grammatical use sign. Stay void. Now I'm pretty sure I know who the other ones are from, but who the hell sent that? I have no idea. <laughs> Miz, do you know who sent that? No. On a, on, a, on a serious note, 
Does it? No. Does anybody know who, who that was? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I, I just imagine that last one being typed. Like he's so furious at us, he can't even not have time for punctuation. Yeah. Or, yeah. Like we just he just has to tell us you're awful. Can you see that? Pidcast ass. <laughs> yeah, it, it says the pidcast was ass. Sign Stavoy, S T A V O Y. Who is this guy? Ridiculous. Is he our Lex Luthor? Maybe. Do no. we got a, Do we got an enemy of the pod? Perhaps. I don't know. But you know they listen to the whole thing. Yeah, at least at the very least. You think I it's mean, uh, Louis Anderson? That's a good. I mean, Gordon, you might have nailed it right there. One of Louis' people. He Could didn't be. like how I uh, snubbed him the other week. Yeah. That's, yeah we had- he's he's a big guy, you know. He's he's been in this business a long time. That's just how things work out sometimes. I didn't want him to take it personal. It's show business, baby. Yeah. It's just show business. I mean, give me a break here. If that wasn't, we don't know. Like I said, this could just be Alex Luthor. Maybe we have an ongoing argument with this gentleman. Yep. Or lady. You never know. Could be, yeah. But uh, <laughs> that's all I had for the mailbag. Um, I guess next I wanted to go into our film of the week, The Outlaw, Josie Wells. Gordon, did you watch it? I watched uh, half of it. Okay, that, I was going to say. I was going to call you out if you said the whole thing. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, could, I couldn't finish the whole thing, man. I had... I Two did hours not. and 20 minutes? I oh. did not like it. No, it should have ended after an hour and a, and, and a half, if that. Yeah, and that was uh, 1976? Six. 76. Yeah. Six. 76. Yeah, you just see, they, they really draw some of those scenes out, don't they, Good. Oh, man. Time. They took their sweet time with that. Uh, after It was basically after the, uh, the old gross Indian guy that he uh-huh. joins up with starts yeah. banging that other Indian girl that he finds that he rescued. Yeah. That was it for you. That was it. I was done after that. Let's <laughs> <laughs> run through the town. I was like, what the yeah. fuck is this? You missed a lot. A lot happened. Yeah, you did. you did. You I'm sure missed, I did. You yeah. I'm sure I did, but <laughs> I, I honestly, I thought that the, the characters were great in it. Um, I thought that the casting was good in it. Um, I thought it was entertaining that Clint Eastwood basically spit on everything in that movie. Just about, yeah. Uh, <laughs> didn't care, just dead bodies just spitting on their heads, just in disgrace, like didn't care yeah. at all. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, I felt like the gunplay in that in that movie was not very satisfying. Uh, yeah. Everybody's just falling over like they're shooting each other with like cap guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't like that. I know that's how classic westerns are done. Like, yeah. but I I didn't like that at all. Um, and no, no, you watch some of the older ones, even much older in this film, and you could say a little bit better. You, yeah, you know what I mean. You want I, some I just, squibs, I just didn't know? think that they they played that very well. The action scenes. Um, yeah, it's and definitely then dated. <laughs> right after and and before the Indian hooks up with the other Indian in right, a right. weird scene. Uh, of voyeurism um uh there's a part i think where the indian that he's traveling with like puts his ear to the ground yes the horse is coming and i was hoof beats oh my god this is this is (laughs) ridiculous you've never done that 
Really? No one's ever done that. Come on, Gordon. No, I haven't. I've used my little water sticks before to try and uh, find water around my property uh, to dig a well, but no, I haven't. I haven't put my ear to the ground. Yeah, I would say that's more of a, a little bit of stereotyping, maybe from guys in the seventies. Maybe a little bit, kind of like uh, Wonder Woman, where the only Indian in their company starts putting up uh, smoke signals for the yes, group. yes. Yeah, but come on, this film's forty years older. You know, let's. Oh, I don't. Yeah, times were different. You know, it doesn't but, bother me. I'm not. I'm not like it doesn't offend <laughs> me or anything like that. It's just it was dumb. Yeah, it's on record that the Native Americans really did like that movie, and they thought it was one of the better portrayals. Yeah, of Indian yeah, Native Americans, Comanches, so. Bennett, Sioux, uh, Cherokee. Yeah, a lot of uh, representation as far as tribes go, and different tribes, and yeah. But they were on board with it. Yeah. That's yeah, how uncultured so, I am. There you go. The hipster comes in talking <laughs> yep. nonsense is normal. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, but, it's I, I couldn't finish it. I, I didn't really care for it that much. I didn't think it was that great of a movie personally. Tom, are um, you surprised he didn't like it? Yeah, right. Well, no, no. Okay. I, I would think, he, in my opinion, I would say that 95% of people's today audience, today's movie going audience, yeah. wouldn't be able to make it through that movie all the way that's Agreed. just that's i mean times have just changed then that's the bottom line i mean it's such a slow moving movie mm-hmm. unlike most like say christopher nolan films nowadays where every every line is expository dialogue we have to get to this because of this happened and now i'm going to come in with some ridiculous line that i would never say and all of of uh the outlaw josie wells i mean very little actual lines are spoken. It's all visual. You know, you watch the film. For the most you part, know, you yeah. see what's going on. You understand, you know, this and that. And, you know, there's a little bit of expository dialogue. But, again, just for the audience of today. It just, I agree. Yeah. I just I thought a lot of the scenes were very easily, you know, you could throw them away and, and they wouldn't take anything or leave anything in the movie. Um, yeah. This, yeah. This was back in the day when... You know, again, you didn't have anything else to do. Right. There's just a bunch of filler scenes in there. Movie night was, you know, a once a month, you know, or whenever thing that it was a real event. And, you know, you wanted it to take up some time, you know, an hour and a half. That's nothing. You need three hours almost, you know, midway. You know, they they probably had an uh, intermission. Intermission. Yeah. Life sucks so much right now. We just have to, we have to pretend like we don't live in this era for the next three hours. I mean, in perspective, (laughs) that's that, that's not a good perspective or that would be their, I'm I'm sure at the time they thought this is insanely futuristic. We get to see this amazing technology, this film, you know, they brought to us these moving pictures. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah. Again, you go, you, you do your intermission. There's probably a lot of people talking. I don't know exactly how the uh, theaters were back then, but again, it was. A, it's a movie made long ago for a different audience. Definitely, for different, yeah, for a different I, I, world. I can see why people would like the movie. I, I I get that. I understand that it's something that people would be into, especially back in that time. But I just don't think when you have all these other modern western films out there that i think are exponentially better even you know django wasn't on my list and it, it probably should have been but even django regardless of how you feel about that movie it is miles ahead of of entertainment <laughs> value compared yeah. to those older films to me personally 
you probably say that to Quentin. He might tell you you're wrong. Yeah. But I think that's just nostalgia for him. Yeah. His movies are much better. And just again, for our, the audience today. I don't think it's fair to compare that to it's, it's kind of like comparing like something like Moby Dick to like a Mike, you know, Jurassic Park book. Sure. Yeah. Sure. If, if any of you Definitely. guys have ever had to read that book, I mean, there's like three chapters in the beginning of that book where the guy's just trying to decide where he's trying to stay in the hotel room or not. Yeah. <laughs> that's like three chapters yeah exactly yeah a lot of and i and i like this but i feel i'm like well, let's move on yeah right yeah. <laughs> it's a different you know storytelling and then you'll have something like a jurassic park which is a lot and, and i mean like a, a modern day book that moves quickly and this they just they tell stories differently yeah so it's not fair to compare the two let's say you're a big fan of film Maybe you even want to be in the business and you really want to have a lot of knowledge and you, you want to be able to maybe even say, you know, I've seen this and this and that. Would you, when you, when you go back to old Westerns, would you say, yes, you definitely have to see the outlaw Josie Wells just for the cultural and the, uh, you know, the, the merit of it almost, you know what I mean? Well, here, here's, here's my biggest thing with, with, that argument on the whole, uh, it, it was made at a different time. Um, outside of Westerns, look at some of the movies that were being made around that time period, um, 76. So A Clockwork Orange came out five years before that, 1971. Mm-hmm. Exponentially better effects, exponentially better action. I would say extremely more watchable of a film. Everything about it is just a better film to me personally. And then, you know, and I, I know I'm just using Stanley Kubrick because yeah, yeah. he was just kind of the, the go-to, he was the, the goat back then, but, um, and even his movies hold up today, but like the shining came out, I think four years after the outlaw Josie Wells did, I think it came yeah. out in 1980. Did, so yeah. there are films that were doing things so much better and more effective than those Western style movies. So for me, it had to have been a conscious choice for them to choose to not use those techniques that were being used back then of storytelling and cinematography um, and even just good acting. Yeah, so just, I, I think to jump on Gordon's point, look at some of the other movies that came out in 1976. So Taxi Driver, yeah, Rocky, yeah. All yeah. the President's Men, Network, I mean... Very assault on precinct thirteen, marathon man, mm-hmm. carry, yeah, yeah. So I think it was a conscious choice. So I know we're definitely saying maybe your average film going popcorn loving audience today should probably skip this film. Would you say so? They don't need to see it. They wouldn't like it. But what about those hardcore film fans? Would it? Is it even worth a watch for them? For them. I think so. Mm. Did, did you did guys you say yes? Did you guys know that that movie was kind of a statement? Clint Eastwood's statement against war. No, so I didn't. Was, know. So I he, was it a, like for the the Civil War or a different war? <laughs> it was war in general. He's not okay, that old one. So he's yeah, he, he's quoted uh, he's quoted as saying that uh, it's uh, it's a very sad commentary on humanity that war brings out the most creativity. Like we get, man gets most creative when it comes to war and not other things. And sure, he, yeah. was, he was kind of saying he's tired 
it's sad that war even happens. It's a reality. He understands that, but it's it's a very ugly thing, and he, you know, everybody's tired of it. We wish we could move past that as a yeah. species. Yeah, I could see that in that film. The, the only people, everybody loses. Mm-hmm. Everybody more loses. Like, yeah. More like that. Everybody loses, no matter yeah. what. The, I think the biggest problem I had with the film was, um, I mean, it starts pretty quick, which I'm cool with, but the scene in which his family is is brutally murdered. Right. It takes like two minutes for that scene to play out. Like, yeah. I didn't get to feel any sympathy whatsoever. Like, I, there was nothing there where I empathized with the character and felt like this, you know, this set of horrible things, yeah. Place, this action that he, he goes down, his road he goes down is warranted because I didn't know his family whatsoever. So you say mm-hmm. should have made it longer. He quickly moves on from that, like to just like <laughs> this this troop of, of Confederates show up and they're like, hey, we're going to kill those guys who killed your family. You in? He's like, yeah, why not? Yeah, I'm in. Sign me up. I don't have anything else going on, I guess. You know, family's dead. But you uh, need scenes, Gordon, is that what you're telling me? Yeah, I want to like you need to build a relationship with the characters so that you actually feel the loss when they are gone. That's why. Um, uh, like just using as an example, Django is so effective. You know, he desperately wants his wife back, but we get to know his wife through a series of, of, of points throughout the movie where he's telling the stories about her and talking about her. And we become more relatable with her through uh, Christoph Waltz character, who's German and she speaks German. She knows German. There's all these other variables in that movie that make you like her even before you get to meet her. And, and when you do finally meet her, then you feel something for her. You feel attached to her in a certain way. And I don't think Josie Wells did that very well um, to set a, a, him upon the path that he went down. Um, it, it didn't quite feel as much like a revenge tale to me because we didn't feel the weight of that revenge at the beginning of the film. I think that's fair. Besides yeah. all the other stuff going on with this film, I think also something you really got to take into account is that Clint Eastwood directed it. And I don't think he directed a whole bunch of movies before this one. This was one of his first. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then you go and maybe look and see movies later on, like Pell Rider that he also directed. You see him get a little bit more of his craft. You know, he, you know, he, I'm sure he put a lot of his own money into this. I don't know a lot about the, uh, the history of the film, but I think it's something you definitely got to take into account. You know, he, he was, you know, wanting to do his own projects. He didn't, you know, direct good and bad and the ugly, you know, so he, did he write, still did learning. He write the film? What's that? So he, he didn't write, write this film. It's based on a book called gone to Texas. And right. then there was another book over there, the something it's, about Josie whale. Yeah. But actually, like Force banks or something like that. Yeah. But they fired the director for the movie and he took it over. And yeah. now there's a rule. Uh-huh. in Hollywood. They call it the clean Eastwood rule. But you can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha okay yeah, that, that makes it. sense a little bit more to it, you know but i mean I, I you're right i think i think that's probably just showing his uh his amateurism as a, as a filmmaker yeah because um, you look at like gran turismo uh, or gran torino um and yeah. he directed that film and it did a really good job of of mm-hmm. connecting you to the characters and feeling that empathy yeah. and, and he's got a lot of great movies. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think that that you're, I think you're right. I think that probably was just earlier, earlier filmmaking for him. So. 
Yeah. And then with all the other variables that you talked about in there, Miz, like, you know, him having to take over as director and, and all that stuff probably played a role in, in a lot of that. Yeah. yeah. I, because Gordon jumped out of the film so early, he missed that very uncomfortable almost rape scene. Yeah. Yeah. That was, <laughs> that took a while. <laughs> rough scene to watch. No doubt about it. You know? Yeah. And a lot of those there's another rape scene in there besides the first one that happens. Are you well, you quit after the I watched the one where the Indian. two guys in the in the like shop like oh yeah rape the, the Indian, Indian woman. woman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, this this is another one. Yeah, this okay. was worse. It was a lot more graphic too. It was pretty yes. tough to watch. It okay. was very uncomfortable and tough to watch. Now, what yeah. I like when I see movies like this, uh, I, I think I it always reminds me of just how hard life was. Yeah, at that time, and yeah. what I and I also like that like cowboys are such an Americana thing. It's so it's yeah. so only identified as such a American thing. Yeah, so I I like that. I like that. You know, then people at that time they didn't have time for some of the frivolous things that we worry about now. Yeah, um, life was a lot simpler in a lot of ways. There were some decisions that you just had to do, things you just had to do, or you died or you didn't eat. Yeah. Have you guys ever watched any of the uh, Australian westerns out there? Uh-uh. Mm, I don't know if I only have, but... you'd Gordon only you would bring up something that that insane there's there's a handful of them I was just kind of scrolling through some of uh, of the classic westerns out there there's a handful of Australian westerns that are hailed as some of the better westerns uh, of all really? time yeah um I've never seen any of them but I was just curious if you guys <laughs> had and had any comparisons for it but I, I've only seen the Spanish ones sure staying at my grandmother's house those are pretty yeah bad. <laughs> you'll appreciate the american ones after watching those yeah. yeah yeah um i did like all the one-liners this was a very had this movie had a lot of good one-liners yeah there was yeah and you guys gonna draw it. your pistols or whistle dixie, whistle dixie. yeah yeah, was, yeah. Oh, i didn't like that yeah there's a bounty hunter that shows up later looking for him and the bounty hunter is kind of like undecisive whether he really wants to do this yeah whether he wants to die or not yeah, and he goes, what do you go? Bonnie Hunter goes, well, a man's got to do something for a living. And Cleanest goes, well, dying ain't much of a living. Yeah. <laughs> and then he walks out, and then he walks back in and goes, I had to walk back in. And he goes, I know. And then he shoots him dead. Yeah, like, right there on the spot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of moments in here you can see. And uh, I really liked uh, John Vernon's character. Fletch was, he sold that character. He was so good in that role. That was yeah. a very good character. I did enjoy that one quite a bit. And I've always been a big fan of John Vernon. I mean, I, still to this day, there's there's not many that have that voice that he's got, that thunderous, yeah. commanding voice. Yeah. It's the character he plays in this movie where, you know, it's not that, you know, uh, typical Western bad guy, shoot him up, shoot everybody, stab everybody in the back. Yeah. You can see he's very conflicted. He has. He doesn't want. He doesn't want to do what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, and he understands where everybody's at, and he understands that at the end of the day, this is just a bad situation, and it, yeah. it is what it is. It's kind of like the original Red Dead game, you know. Yeah, John has to pick off all of his old um, gang members, and you know he doesn't want to do that, especially with you know Dutch, for example. But uh, yeah, I, I I thought he was probably the strongest character in the entire one. He was the only one that really gave me any emotional depth in the entire movie. Great yeah. acting. Got a lot of great films. Look I hated up. the um, the young Michael Sarah lookalike. Uh, yeah, it's good they uh, killed him. <laughs> yeah, God, I couldn't stand him at all. For the he time, was bad. 
Typical yeah. for the town. There was a lot. He had of that work. random that random line made me crack up. After he gets shot, he goes over to the little carriage where uh, Clint Eastwood is shooting the the minigun, and he's like, "Josie, I've got something you need to know." He's like, "What is it?" I'm scared to die. <laughs> and then that's it. Like it, it, it just shows them like you know fly away on horseback. And I'm yeah. Like, what was the point of that? That was weird. Yeah, yeah. It definitely a lot of little weird scenes like that in this film. They said you go back and watch maybe like Pell Rider, The Good and the Bad and the Ugly. They're mm-hmm. a little stronger films than I'd say this one was. I, I did. It wasn't lost on me the conversation between Clint Eastwood and was it Ten Bears? Yeah, it sound that sounds pretty close. Yeah, so it was a conversation with him and kind of uh, it, it, the, I and I'm a big I'm a big patriot. I'm a big fan of you know obviously uh, you know I'm an American. I love America, and there's a lot about it that I love. Yeah. But we, but our government does have a history of not keeping its word to so yeah. many people, and it's not something new. A lot mm-hmm. of treaties broken. Yeah, and so there's a theme that runs in here. They, you know, they broke the word to the South on certain things. They broke the word to the Indians, mm-hmm. and we've been, you know, the American government has treated soldiers very badly at different times in this country. Sure. And so that's something that's, you know, it's been since the beginning. Yeah. yeah. I wish it wasn't that way. It's a, it's a very shameful and disgraceful thing, but and yeah. it, they touch upon that in this movie. Yeah, yeah, I think I think he was making qu- uh, quite a few political statements throughout this film. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and also having I think it was interesting having the lead of your film as a Confederate outlaw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you, you wouldn't fucking see that today. No, yeah. no, no. I mean, there's a the most recent like uh, example of a film that's even similar to that is uh, Hostiles um, yeah. with Christian Bale. I think he plays a Union soldier in that film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, they would never, ever go that route ever. Yeah. And just to, to show, you know, again, like you were saying earlier, Miz, you know, in war. Yeah. You know, it, both sides lose, basically, you know, and, and you see it. He is a Confederate soldier, but and and these other guys, the supposed good guys, the Union guys, were the ones gunning everybody down. And, and of course, in any war, that's that stuff happens on both sides. Yeah. You know, it'll turn men into monsters. Mm-hmm. I, now that I live in Tennessee, I'm a little more becoming more acclimated to Southern heritage. Yeah, and so at the beginning of that movie, they kind of touched upon that. That uh, at least for some of the South, they just didn't like being told what to do. Yeah, and they weren't oh, on yeah. board with that. Pretty it wasn't much, just yeah. as simple as well. It was slavery or not slavery. I mean, there was a, there was a lot of gray that was yeah. there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think you can do that today. Show no. no every, uh, everything's got to be shown in the light of the current narrative. That's it's such a in a such a cartoonish, almost over the top way, evil. I mean, you're either all righteous and good, and or you're a complete devil. And we throw the word Hitler around, and oh, right. and yeah, it's just crazy. <laughs> and exactly. and everybody should know at this point, through every single war that has ever been fought, at least through the United States' lens, um, there are tons and tons and tons of gray areas in between. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not yeah. they're going to tell you about those gray areas, they're still there, and you have to understand that part. <clears throat> so you can yeah. still make a movie that allows you to empathize with Confederate characters without you being a fucking racist piece of yeah. shit. <laughs> the one to raise slavery back. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, and you can definitely tell Clint Eastwood's one of those old dudes, just them, them old Southern dudes. And just the mindset was different even back then and just the, the 60s and 70s, you know. Yep. Not everything was so – had to be so black and white. You didn't always have to, you know. But that's just how it was. But, gentlemen, did you all have anything else on this movie you all want to talk about? I, I didn't hate it as much as Gordon did. <laughs> Gordon, you said you'd recommend the film. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. If you, uh, if you're a bit of a masochist and you just have so much time on your hands, you really don't know what else to do with yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Go watch this movie. It's free on Netflix. If you have a subscription. So, yeah. Yeah. If you went through a lot of the other major Westerns and maybe it's a genre you really dig, check this one out. Yeah, you'll probably like it. If and you're again, into for the historical, you know, part of it for just as, you know, see how, different things were then maybe and, and all the different techniques they used in film you know as far as culturally goes you know it is it mm. is interesting in that way i'll tell you what if you anybody that wants to to throw in on the mailbag all right send us send us your your email um at screen kings pod uh at gmail.com um out of my list of all the movies that i gave that were my favorites if you can give us a valid argument as to how the outlaw Josie Wells is any better than any of those films, you let me know. And I'll be more than happy to have that argument with you. I'm sure you would. You would and I'm sure more you would. than happy. Uh, Ms. out of 10, what would you give this film? Seven. Seven. That's pretty. Yeah. yeah I'd, I'd lean more around. Yeah. Six, six and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it, it's got, it's got a lot going for it, but. But I, I went into it understanding all the other things that were going yeah, on in the movie, yeah, so I could appreciate more of those. Yeah, if you've never known anything about this movie and you just sit down and turn on yeah. and watch it, you're probably going to have a tough time. But if you understand maybe a lot of the uh, you know, factors uh, surrounding it and what was going on, you might enjoy it a little bit more. Yeah. But yeah. But uh, if we're it's all no done, John Wick. No, no, it's not. <laughs> no. It's not paced like that. Yeah, definitely not. Uh do we want to do some quote a quote game, gentlemen? Sure. Got one set up. This will be for the title of the Western Screen King. Okay. It's uh it's gonna be, you know, your typical quote game. Uh, I got 12 quotes here. Okay. And uh, you're just gonna write down okay. who said the quote. You got three big names. You got did, did John Wayne say the quote in any of his films? Okay. Was it a Clint Eastwood quote in any of his films? Or was it a quote from the new guy on the block, Arthur Morgan? So it's going to be 1 to 12. Which of these three uh, Wild West icons said the quote? What, which icons are we talking about again? You got it's. You're either going to write down, was it? John Wayne. Uh, John Wayne. Eastwood. or was it one from arthur morgan it's going to be one of those three that said this quote and that's that's all you got to write down okay that works for me you ready for number one yes number one is you don't get to live a bad life and have good things happen to you was that wayne eastwood hmm. or morgan Y'all ready? Yep. Yeah. All right. It's oh. not John Wayne and it's not Clint Eastwood. Oh, is that right? Okay. So he's thinking Arthur Morgan. Gordon, where's your head at? 
It sounded like an Eastwood quote. Okay, you're going to go with Eastwood. And the correct answer, Ms. Arthur Morgan <laughs> said that quote. Well done. You know your history. <laughs> Are you all ready for number two? Yep. Number two is get down off them horses. I don't favor looking up to the likes of you. Morgan, Eastwood. I'll let, I'll let, I'll let Gordon go first. I think I think I know who that is. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say John Wayne. Me too. Okay, that is correct, John Wayne. So, y'all keeping track of your points, Gordon? You got one, Ms. You got two. Two. Yep. Where we're at so far. Are y'all ready for number three? Yep. You don't get lard, lesson you boil. A hog. Say that again. You don't get lard less than you boil a hog. <laughs> you don't get oil less than you boil the hog. Man, I don't <laughs> think that's. That doesn't sound like a, a Clint Eastwood. No. You don't. Th- you don't see. Uh, you don't see. Uh, you know the uh, the man with no name walking around the corner saying something like that. Come on, Gordon. No, that doesn't sound like something he would say. No? Are y'all ready to reveal? I guess. Yeah. I'm guessing on this one. Yeah. Go ahead, Miz. I'm going to go with uh, John Wayne. All right, Wayne. I'm saying the same. And y'all both correct. It was John Wayne that said that. Pure guess. (laughs) I was just going off of the language that was being used in that. It sounded like. John Wayne. Yeah, something a little bit more. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, are you ready for number four? Let's hear it. Miz, you're still up by one, right? Yep, three to two. Yep. Okay. Number four is, ever notice how you come across somebody once in a while you shouldn't have? That's me. Anything hit you right off the bat? Yeah, I think I, I think I know. Miz, you got yours written down. Yeah. All right. Hit us. Clint Eastwood. Yep. Okay, we're going for one for Clint Eastwood, Gordon. Yep. Same. Is it because it sounded so badass? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely Clint Eastwood. It's definitely yeah. something he would say. That's All from, right. That's not even from a western, isn't that? From that uh, Grand, um, was it Torino? The movie Gordon was talking about. This one was, yeah, it was from Grand Torino. Yeah, I guess you could make an argument. You know how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> Clint Eastwood quote at the very least. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, we're we're going with any of these guys quotes. So it sounds like a western quote, don't it? I mean, it Grand Torino is not far from a western. Yeah. All right, y'all ready for number five? Yes. Nope. $5,000 for me? Can I turn myself in? Hmm. Eastwood, Wayne, or Morgan? Miz, you look confident on that one. Or is Actually, it the I'm opposite? Uh, again, I'll go first. I don't mind. Uh, I don't think it's Clint Eastwood. 
because and I don't think it's John Wayne. I'm saying it's Arthur Morgan. Yeah. Oh, we got two Arthur Morgans. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. And that is correct. That's what Arthur said. Yep. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, that was a fun. That was a fun part of the game. <laughs> um. All right, are you ready for the next one? Yeah. All battles are fought by scared men who'd rather be someplace else. All battles are fought by scared men who'd rather be somewhere else. Eastwood Wayne Morgan. Who said it? Gordon, you're going first. You want me to go? Gordon? I'll go first. I'm going to say it's John Wayne. John Wayne. Okay. I'm guessing. I think it's John Wayne. And that is correct. It is John Wayne by a movie called In Harm's Way. Mm. Where are we at on the scoreboard, gentlemen? Are you still up by one? Hunter's breathing down my neck. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, I have five. He should have six. Okay. All right. Are we ready for number seven? Seven, right? Yep. When a man's got money in his pocket, he begins to appreciate peace. Hmm. When a man's got money in his pocket, pocket, he begins to appreciate peace. That's a tough one. That, tough. that could be any of them. Usually you can tell. <laughs> Eastwood, Wayne, or Morgan. Y'all got to figure it out. Are we ready to reveal? I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm going to guess on this one. All right. I'm going to say Clint Eastwood. Eastwood. I'm, I'm leaning towards Eastwood. Well, actually, yeah, Eastwood. Miz, you're going to lock in Eastwood. Yeah. I and almost said John is, Wayne. That is from a character by the name of Joe in A Fistful of Dollars. Yes, Eastwood. Very well. Very good. Very good. Both of you. Y'all did really good on this one, man. <laughs> for somebody that's like seen zero westerns yeah not bad yeah that's yeah. not here to slow it's because down. they're all such unique personalities that it really are it's a lot yeah. easier to tell who said it it really does show picture it yeah. yeah yeah arthur wayne and yeah eastwood are all their own kind of badass in their own way yep it's almost kind of like grandpa dad and new kid on the block you right know what I mean? right but, uh, are y'all ready for the next one? Number eight. Eight. Yep. <clears throat> I've killed women and children. I've killed everything that walks or crawls at one time or another. And I'm here to kill you. Eastwood, Wayne, or Morgan? Where are we leaning? I don't think it's Eastwood. I don't, sure I don't think it's John Wayne either. Gordon? Arthur Morgan. Arthur ah, Morgan. Okay. And that's what you're going with as well, Ms. Yeah. I don't think it's the other two. And that's one of y'all's first incorrect answers. <gasps> that was Clint Eastwood as William Money and Unforgiven. Wow. Oh, yeah. Okay. One of my favorites. Definitely. Gabe would have got that one for sure. Y'all lucky he ain't here. <laughs> okay. Man, that sounded like an Arthur Morgan quote. It did. I, I don't remember Clint Eastwood playing a character who killed women and children. Yeah. Well, again, this is his, 
his whole life, you know, he's done a lot of bad things. That's basically all the movie is about. Okay. And how you just, at the end of the day, can't escape your past sometimes. Are you all ready for the next one? Yes. Number nine. You're my favorite parasite. No, wait. Ringworm's my favorite parasite. You're, you're my second favorite parasite. No, wait, I lied. Ring, ringworm, then rats with plague, then you. This is easy. <laughs> All right, who said it? Right, it's not John Wayne and it's not Clean Eastwood. <laughs> so you're going with Arthur Morgan again? Yes. Yep. What about you, Gordon? That's what I'm going with. And that would be correct. I'm pretty sure he said that to Uncle towards the end of the game. Yep. All right. Are you ready for the next one? Yep. Yep. We're still at the same point. Miz up one point, correct? Yep. Just one. All right. This is this is 100 ties. Just do one thing or the other. Don't try to be two people at once. Wayne, Eastwood, Morgan, who said it? Just do one thing or the other. Don't try to be two people at once. Hmm. From a simple man. All right, y'all ready? Yep. Yep. What are we thinking? I to me, it does sound like either John Wayne or Clint Eastwood could have said that, but I don't think they did. Okay, so oh, you go Arthur Morgan. Morgan. One more time. Going to the well one more time. Yep. Arthur Morgan. Yes, that was another quote by Arthur Morgan. Well done. Y'all know it. <laughs> we did good this week. Mm-hmm. All right. Number we only have two left. So Gordon. You don't find a way to pull ahead here, it's over. All right. Number eleven. Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. Wayne Eastwood Morgan, who said it? <laughs> that sounds like John Wayne to me. All right, we got John Wayne, Gordon. Yep. That's exactly what I wrote down. And that's who said it, of course. <laughs> I went ahead and put a check mark by it before he even says so. <laughs> Without a doubt, yeah, that's definitely a John Wayne quote. I guess next time I'm going to really have to delve deep and yeah, really man. pull some quotes that are more generic. Maybe we'll say. Yeah. Just like things like howdy. <laughs> yeah. <I reckon. laughs> howdy, pilgrim. I, I, you probably know it from that. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. All right. The last one, number 12. Are you ready? Yep. You see, in this world, there's two kinds of people, my friend. Those with loaded guns and those who dig. Mm. You dig. Mm. <laughs> okay. Last quote: Wayne Eastwood Morgan. I'm locked in. Telling somebody to dig their own grave. What you got, Miss? Clint Eastwood. Eastwood. That's what I said. Yep. And that is correct, of course. So, with that, the results, Miss, you are still the screen <laughs> king. Well done. That was a badass quote, by the way. I wasn't going to quote. I tried to pull some fun ones, but at the end of the day, like I said, those are three big personalities that really yeah. move in and make their own territory. But uh, 
that's all I had for this week, gentlemen. Unless y'all have anything else you wanted to hit on. No, it was good. Nope. Um, we'll uh, we'll put on to our social media what we're going to be watching for the next week. Yeah. Um, and yeah. yeah, that's pretty much it. Hit us up at screenkingspod at gmail.com. Uh, commentary on the show. Rude remarks. <laughs> Maybe if you have more information on this. What was his name? Stevie Spivy guy? Help us figure out who this this Stephen Hall or something like that. I don't know. I don't. Again, are you, you tell me. Yeah, this is. I have no idea who this could be. It, it might have been Josiah when he got real drunk or something. Henry Allen was that what it was? It said, it said Henry Allen, and then it was signed by a, a Stavoy. S T A V O Y. Who is this guy? It's just a ghost. ghost. Our nemesis. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, questions, comments, concerns, maybe uh, uh, what y'all want us to talk about. You know, give us some ideas for uh, some shows. I'm sure you can do better than Westerns. Mm-hmm. Come on. Okay. Yeah, we're not that creative. But yeah, uh, and with that, Gordon, send us out on something badass. Like Western badass, yeah, something appropriate, you know, something appropriate. I was thinking this week, you know, send us out on a dusty trail onto our next adventure. Till next week, folks.